Hola ustedes. Welcome to the And Today podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Catler Ramirez, and this week is a follow-up to our last episode where we expand upon some things that were said and get the perspective of Islam from the eyes of a Muslim woman, as well as doing a dive into the culture which so often gets conflated with the religion. This episode is a special one as it only exists thanks to your feedback of the last one. For you guys who got in touch, messaged me with what you liked and didn't like about the last episode, that's the reason why we have this one. So I'm really sorry, Kaylee, but your episode's coming out next week. Now, I'm, I'm, this episode really excites me, the prospect of it, because we started a dialogue last episode with Moaz. And then as a result of that conversation, you guys got in touch with me, and this was what was made. I brought, I dragged Hamner out of bed. I was like, Hamner fucking get on skype we need to talk about these things so we're obviously we're adding another perspective to this conversation and this this is what i wanted from this podcast so we're getting there guys thank you so much for listening to you guys who turn up every single week and listen you're amazing and to everyone else who listens in general you're pretty amazing too but but regardless let's get down to the meat of it hope you guys enjoy Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the And Today podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Catler Ramirez. The inflection has remained. It's becoming a thing. And today we have a very special episode. Um, I like to call it Sam's Fact Checking. <laughs> because, um, as you remember, last episode I did with Moaz. Again, Moaz, thank you for coming on. Uh, and it turns out that some of the things that Moaz uh, said were untrue and... Well, my, my, my next guest will be able to explain better than I can. Uh, today I'm joined by Hamna Norkan. Would you like to introduce yourself, Hamna? Um, hi, Al Hamna. Not much else to do. <laughs> hi, Hamna. Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, right. I said my name right. <laughs> <laughs> right, fuck off. <laughs> Three times I got that fucking wrong. Three times. Um, <clears throat> so... If you'll excuse the background noise, I'm currently orienting myself so I can see the whiteboard I've got these things written on because the production value has gone up by 7p now. We have a whiteboard I can use to keep notes. That's right. I'm in the, I'm in the big leagues now, guys. I've made it. You all can leave now. So, we want to clarify on some issues that were brought up after the podcast because I had a few people popping up and telling me that... Um, some things were, were wrong, some things were untrue, some things were almost true, but weren't really. Uh, and that's why Hamna's here, because um, I dragged her out of bed at 10 in the afternoon, which is late for a uni student, and told her that she, she had to come speak now, otherwise bad things would happen. Very ominous. That was it. So Hamna, would you like to start? Well, what was the first thing again? Um... Uh, the first, first thing that was pointed out was... um about the the hijab oh okay i can't exactly remember what he what, what was it called sorry i forgot his name Mwaz. Mwaz said was a bit slightly misogynistic slightly not um the idea of hijab is actually meant for both men and women now i'm not okay. talking I'm, I'm not talking about physical hijab at the moment i'm talking about like spiritual hijab so it's your behavior your mannerism the way you come across the respect you give to people and that applies for both men and women and i think men tend to forget that a lot ah right okay i see modest themselves in men how would that um show itself 
Well, um, well, in Sam, you're supposed to lower your gaze. So, as like a respect thing, I guess. Um, and also for men, it's just modesty, really, in the way you speak. The just you know how guys talk. They're rude. So all right, okay, make okay. Make sexist jokes. It's just that kind of thing where you're supposed to respect one another. So is it like modest dressing as well? Like, yeah, men have modest dressing as well. They shouldn't really wear skinny jeans. A lot of their <laughs> a lot of their haircuts are actually haram, but they don't want to talk about that because it's always about women, always telling women what to do. So you know. <laughs> So it's, it's a pretty like big topic that I could go on for ages. To be honest, you sound like you sound like you know quite a bit about it. So, um, <laughs> as well as, <laughs> would you say that's an issue? Is that obviously like men aren't using? Was it say using or wearing hijab? Even though it's not real, employing hijab. Then I, I guess that's the best way of saying it. Yeah, I, they don't really. I think they're just. I don't think it's really taught much. Because since mm. obviously culture clashes with religion, but then you come on to the idea of hijab for women. So hijab for women, also spiritually speaking, is your behavior, your mannerism, etc., and also your modesty. And then comes the physical hijab for women, who have to wear the headscarf, and that is compulsory. I don't know why it's a controversial topic, but it is for some reason. It is compulsory, but it's also your own individual choice to wear it, which is incredibly understanding considering the amount of Islamophobia, especially in the UK. Um, I, I sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but um, how can something be compulsory and yet a choice? Well, because, for example, praying five times a day is one of the pillars of Islam. Okay, you okay. You do it, but not everyone does it. That's their choice. If right. So it's about your personal relationship with God. Yeah. Like you should okay, do okay. it, but then obviously not everyone is, not everyone has that much faith in them. Not everyone feels inclined to do it. It's just, it always is your individual relationship. That's why it's always preached in Islam the most. Your personal mm. relationship between you and God and then no third person has a say in it. Which right. I think a lot of people seem to forget. But you know when the when they're like I see on Twitter as well that like, you've posted a lot of like a lot of people telling women to wear their hijab properly. Oh God, don't talk about Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, the cesspool that we all really know and despise. You have men telling women what to do. Well, she should wear a hijab. Well, she's showing her hair. She's not wearing it properly. Like honestly, focus on yourself. If people focused on themselves, the whole society would just be better instead of focusing on other people and what they're doing. Because um, men are supposed to lower their gaze, aren't they? Is that, that, that you said that? Like, does that mean wh- when you say lower your gaze, is it like a physical act? So walk around staring at the floor. Or is it like um? No, no. It's like um, they say the first look is okay, but the second look. Uh, what I mean by that is checking someone out. Ah, right. Okay. I was so, like, I was just thinking to myself then, how are you supposed to have a conversation with someone? No, it's it's basically. Yeah, that's that's just my dumbass. Don't worry leering yeah someone it's just firstly it's uncomfortable for whoever you're leering at whether it's a girl doing it to a guy or a guy doing it to a girl so you shouldn't do that basically you should i respect that so so islam effectively banned street harassment <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah go on i respect that um 
but sadly it does it's it's not worked <laughs> we <laughs> yeah sadly it doesn't work is that due to like you say patriarchal values um i'd say yes but i'd also say it's because men are just creepy so (laughs) (laughs) as a man i can confirm this statement (laughs) all right well that was that's great thank thank you for clearing that up for us because um i i obviously for, for you and some people in your community that might be just common knowledge but only thing that i know is what you've told me in the past and like even then like my friends they know next to nothing so this is really good because you're um, opening up the conversation and allowing a well i don't know fucking day from down the street to understand what the fuck's going on <laughs> well thank you very much um you also said that there was a, an issue with the uh, the four wives thing that you said oh <laughs> Okay, so I can't. I honestly can't remember what he said, but uh, hold on. I'll, I'll run you. I'll run you through it. I'll run you through it. Um, whilst, I, I just want to say this is not an attack. We're trying to learn and grow as a community, and this is the best way of us doing that is by realizing what what was said that wasn't true, and then building upon that, so then we can all come away knowing something. So I wanted to make that clear. But um, Waz said that um, the reason why men can have four wives and women can't is because um men would not would say the child isn't theirs and try and get out of paying child payments and uh some other things that that was the main one i think he's not entirely wrong that is like slightly part of the reason why women can't okay the rule of the four wives was actually there to i want to say protect women because if you think back like way back centuries back when islam first came about in the arab world and even Mm -hmm. if you think about western society like widowed women and divorced women they were seen as a taboo and they were also seen as what was it witches i think like oh she's a widowed woman and she's like wearing black she's a witch so no one would go near them no one would marry them and these women would struggle financially and just generally because they'd be turned away from society okay and also in the arab world i'm not sure if this was in the western world but um women well i'd say girls who are orphans so they didn't have a father Mm -hmm. um they weren't like no one would want to marry them i don't know the reason why it was just i think a patriarchal thing really and so the four wives thing came about because our prophet said to his companions that you should strive to marry these the, these women the widowed women the divorced women and the orphaned women and the uh, divorced women with children as well because society turns them away they're castaways the no one remarries them and you should take it upon yourself to help those women in a way and okay to bring them, like back into society and to help them however you can only do it if you financial financially sorry can care for them right so that was the kind of idea of it now it's obviously years on now people have kind of mixed the idea of that like oh yeah men can have four lives and it's just become a joke thing but the original idea was to help and to protect protect the purity of those women from being cast away from society 
and just look down upon basically okay i can kind of understand. so was Maz right when he said that um all of them need to be agreeing like in their hearts to being obviously a, a, another wife to towards you see and i want, I want oh, to say the answer to this is quite wide and controversial because it depends on who you are ask like some people say that you don't need the permission of your first wife to marry again but then some say you do because i'll just give you like a basic it's very long but there's like okay. in islam there's like sects so you have four schools of thought as well oh i didn't know this um yeah it's very these these came after obviously the prophet when islam was mm-hmm. actually won but then the sex came and all this stuff and i'm i'm not too well versed on all four of them because me i'm a i'm a sunni muslim and i follow hanafi school and then there's also this other one but again it depends on who you ask some say that um you definitely definitely need the permission of the of your first wife otherwise it just doesn't count but then some say, well, you don't need the permission of your first wife because if that other woman is in like dire need of your help, then you marry her. But then, like personally, I think that I'd want to be asked. Well, yeah, surely if okay. you're, isn't isn't a marriage like, uh, like the, in Islam, isn't it like the, not form of worship, but, but it's like a partnership between two equal individuals, isn't it? Like that? Yeah, it's when you marry, you complete half your doom. Half your yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of thing. I don't know. There's like lots of little like areas and you just have to ask certain people, certain scholars. I'm not too well versed on it. But as far as my knowledge goes, that's what I know of. All right. Okay. So... Is there anything you can tell us about your uh, school of thought? Um. Well, I follow... Hanafi school of thought which is followed by most people who are Sunni I'm not sure if you know but there's Sunnis and then there's Shias and there's I I know of those two yeah that they oh god it's just so awful because this the wars I want to call it war it's not a literal war but especially if you go into uh, oh my god people are just the alpha blood between the those two different like fucking hell I'm not even kidding, like, it's just so violent. People are just so mean to each other. And it's like, I'm not too knowledgeable about Shias, because I'm not Shia myself. Mm-hmm. But it's just intense, I have to say. Like, people fight over it. They have different schools of thought. They have different ideas to, like, some ho- ho- Honestly. Hold on. Surely if the religion that they're arguing about is one of peace... Oh, inflicting God. violence is kind of kind of not, not the maneuver oh like like yelling and, yeah oh. verbally okay Although, see when you said was i was i was seeing some well, pretty gnarly shit well there are actual i, I i'm not too well fact checked on this so don't like entirely believe me but sure there are countries i think it's iran or Iraq, where Sunnis are actually aimed for, because it's mainly Shia. So if if the country is mainly Shia, they'll aim for Sunnis, or if the 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 country is mainly Sunni, they'll aim for Shias. 
which is also what happens in Pakistan, but that's like a whole different topic. Unless you want to go, oh, cry. But it's very big. Feelies, feel free, feel free. We have time. Honestly, oh, it's so big because um, basically Pakistan. I'll give the example of Pakistan. It's mainly Sunni, so she okay. has been as a minority, and then there's also a different type, but I've completely forgotten the name of. Hold on, I'll write that. I'll write that down on the board. So then, uh, third type. Then I'll do a little bit of fact checking after this, and I can find out more about them. I think they're called Ahmadis, but I'm not too. Like I don't know much about them. All I know is that it's just very intense. I don't know why. I think there's just like this sense of superiority that shouldn't even exist, really. Right. Right. Like. Islam. So kind of like the uh, the Protestant, was it Protestant? And then the other ones in the UK. I should know this one. Catholic, Protestant. <laughs> that one. Yeah, okay. when Elizabeth the first was it? She came to, to the throne. She was Protestant, and she had all the like, Catholics killed in a shield from that. Like if you were past, um, practicing Catholicism, um, yeah, like um, off with your head. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so it's similar to that. Then it's like the same religious yeah. persecution yeah there's a lot of religious persecution that happens in places like pakistan don't know why but you know <laughs> so um what really is would you say like the difference between your school of thought and another one if you can like summarize um i it's i don't really know how to explain it it's just like the schools of thoughts are there's four scholars, four main scholars, mm-hmm. who did it, and they all had their different ideas, I want to say, and interpretations of all the texts. They always say that, like, whenever I went mosque, uh, this my teacher would always say, never to trust sources that have been about in the last, like, 800 years, I want to say, maybe more, maybe less, because she's like, always trust the oldest source. So, for example, these scholars, they've done their research. They're the closest to the time of when Islam was, like, first brought about. Okay. Um, so, obviously, they've done their interpretation. They've read the Quran. And, honestly, there's so many interpretations of the Quran. And that's where people like ISIS come in. Well, yeah, because language is ambiguous. You don't know. This is the same issue that we have with the law. Because there's actually um people who actually have to dig out a dictionary from that time to find out what the words would have meant in that context and then try and piece together what the law would have meant what parliament would have wanted exactly. in order to then apply it in courts it's the same scenario here from exactly. the sounds of it it's like ancient ancient arabic so oh shit <laughs> that's like, all <laughs> yeah so it's like very different to like now it's like asking uh someone who's egyptian to read hieroglyphics now and understand yeah. it they won't understand it no especially considering that our language is a way of us delineating our culture and just the, the world around us which has changed massively i mean if yeah. you went to someone how many fucking years ago? like ancient times and was like yo that's lit they're not gonna <laughs> fucking understand you exactly so people need to like i don't think people understand that Especially mm. when it comes to like people like Britain first, they'll come up with like the first sentence, and they'd be like, "Islam is a terrorist religion. It incites violence." And it's like, "Love, you spent like two seconds on Google, 
and you've come up with that. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense, but I guess that's the way it is. See, I need to read all the, all the holy books, so if you could recommend uh, a version of the Quran which will have the least tampering with, I'd appreciate that. Gosh, there's like so many versions. I'll try and find one for you. Thank you, thank you. Because um, <laughs> my issue with the Bible, and this is going to make a lot of people angry now. This is where I get cancelled. My issue with the Bible is um, it was Latin for fucking years, wasn't it? Yeah. Ages it was Latin. And then was it King James changed it? Now, yeah, did he come correct with me, his own little Bible? Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the same cunt that uh, fucking wrote the book on witchcraft. <laughs> Exactly. I don't think this is the most reputable fucking source to have translated. You telling me he didn't change anything there for his own amusement? Are you seriously telling me that he didn't? Oh, he definitely. This guy, he hundred percent changed everything. He led the maybe not everything. He he led witchhood, and this is the reputable guy who changed it to fucking English. Of course he did. Honestly, this is the problem. There's like so many different like sources. Like, who do you trust? No one. The answer is no one. You can't trust anyone. You can't trust what anyone says. But this is the point, because like a lot of um, I want to say Americans, because that's te- that's seemingly where the biggest uh, well, is it Christian? I always get these three confused. Cri- biggest Christian um, area is I think it's uh America now. They have the largest community. I'll, I'll correct myself, but it's either it's Christian Catholic, one of those Abrahamic ones, of, of, of that particular jesus loving sect <laughs> um but they have the largest community and there are like quoting the bible and everything but motherfucker that's the changed one that's after king james put his grubby little mitts on it you can't trust anything you read from that you have to go and grab a latin copy translate that and even then even then you're telling me that no priest sorry it was like i i can get rich off the market if i change a few things in here Literally, are you really telling me that like it's Honestly, if you want to know something, you have to do your own research. Exactly. The, you can't just... one thing. You can't just take... It's like, you can't just look at the first thing and be like, oh yeah, I accept this. As the it's story. like, I I cannot honestly believe that the stories in the Bible are, are true. I can believe that there's truth to it and the moral you should take from it is definitely true. But like Noah's Ark, I can't believe that for a fucking minute. The Bible is the most changed book, isn't it? Most I have no. Thought. I I can't make that claim because I think um I'm pretty sure that J.K. Rowling didn't write Harry Potter. If I'm being completely honest, I think that may contend, but because pro- probably people always bring this argument up, but like for us, like the Quran, it's never changed. Like no one's changed it. Like that but how do you know? What do you mean? Because how do you know? Sources that did way 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 back. But how do you know those sources are real? Like how do you know those sources weren't brought out of thin air? Someone time stamped it, dripped it in fucking coffee paper back in the day, and was like, "This is the truth" to try done... and get their argument across. Because <laughs> they've done like lab results and like tests and all sorts. Like if you go to Turkey, there's like a museum that has oh, yeah, like, okay. Qurans dating way like way 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 back. And all right, okay, okay. Test results and all sorts. See this part I wasn't aware of. See, this is what I mean. Like, if you do, if you do your research, then you know. Like, the Quran is the one book that hasn't changed. I know for that for a fact. However, mm. the English translations will have changed because people have interpreted it differently. Not that. Well, not only that, Quran. certain words won't exist anymore. Exactly. So the actual Quran hasn't changed. It's just the people that have translated it to say English, they'll have interpreted yeah. it a different way. If well, yeah, because um, if you look at Japanese now, or, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
the Japanese have a word for the way that the light shines through bamboo. Like, that is that is a singular word. We don't have that. So if you consider how many fucking years back, they will have different words for sensations, feelings, that we just don't have. And we'll have ones that they just wouldn't have. Well. So when you translate it to English, you're trying to make it into something yeah. that it won't completely fit into. That's why English is the worst language, really. Foreign languages win. What? Right. I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to learn to teach English as a foreign language right now, and I can tell you our language is shite. It's awful. It's literally like so. Oh, it's terrible. Like if it, I piecemeal. Honestly, it's like if you look at say um, Arabic or like Urdu. Oh, well, can't be said Urdu like a white person. Urdu. Um, <laughs> and Spanish. It's like they're very romantic languages. I love Spanish. If someone spoke Spanish to me, like this, this is this is my language. If someone speaks Spanish to me, that's it. You can have my heart. <laughs> that, that's how I feel. If someone spoke like Punjabi to me, it's like, <laughs> oh, like it's just cute, like cute languages, and then you just get English, which is like guttural, word, and it's just awful. And English it's it. isn't even like its own language. Half of it is Shakespeare. Okay, the other half is stolen from like several different languages around the world. That's oh. why it, it our language doesn't follow the grammatical rules of almost any other language. It makes it no really sense. Doesn't. Do you know actually there's um, a language in I think it's the north of Spain, surrounded by everywhere else that speaks Spanish or Catalonian. Um, it's called Basque, and it has no known connection to any other language that ever existed. It's fucking wild. That's kind of what English is like. Only it's taken the rules from every language and tried to mash them together very violently. Yeah. Although English is the hardest language to learn. To well, yeah, you've got read, read, lead, lead. <laughs> just oh, yeah, you different inflection meaning different words, yeah. yeah. Uh, hold on, as well. Actually, I'm going to grab me little English book now that we got onto this fucking topic. <laughs> I love English, let's go on. <laughs> I'm um, enjoying this. Where, where's, uh, where's my book? There it is. Because I'm actually having to do all these grammar classes so I can go and teach it. Because uh, I was doing... Um, past participle when you change a, a word oh yeah i don't, I don't yeah english language so i don't know anything about that they it's, have like all just... like concrete nouns and concrete like secondary it's verbs, so complicated <laughs> literally they turned into a science i like I'm, I'm learning this okay and i've not had to use my brain this hard since i was six years old trying to wrap my head around time travel in a fucking book <laughs> <laughs> This is the fuck most complicated. All right, here we go. Past irregular verbs. What? You've got go, you've got went, and you've got gone. They all mean the same thing with different inflection, right? Right. Go, to, to go, he went, yeah. I've gone. I buy, I bought, I bought. <laughs> I drink, I drank. He, 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 it, it's drunk. <laughs> I sink. He sank. They sunk. Like, even just reading the words, you, you, there's so many different ways you can fucking turn these words. And then there's, if, if, even, even in writing it and spelling it, you've got watched. To watch, watched. It has like a T sound at the end of it. You've got to play, played. But it's the same way it's spelled, E-D, but played is a D sound, 
watched is a T sound. What well, the fuck? <laughs> personally, this I feel like that could naturally. Well, to me, it does. I wouldn't know whether it's a past participle, but I know, like, which words to use. Maybe it's just I don't know. It's an intense language. Especially if you're an adult learner coming to learn the language. Oh, it makes true. no fucking yeah. sense. When you're a that's child, why, that, easier. Yeah, you just pick it up and you just know, yeah. especially from hearing it from other people. But like, if I was learning English for the first time and I saw watch Ed and play Ed, and then someone said one of them, that's the way I'd mimic the other one. Like, so I'd be like, plate, plate. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck it, I feel... Mm, my students are going to have such a hard time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Alright, but I'm going to pull it back to what we were talking about before, because as much as I love a segue, <laughs> as much as I love a segue, uh, we mentioned, you mentioned to me how they've done tests, so the Quran is the the only book that can be confirmed to have not changed, at least from the period when they've examined the two. Um, no, from when it's revealed. Yeah, so if you looked at that one, then you look at like one later date, that's, those two are like the same, is that what yeah. you're saying? Right, right. So it's not changed since then, and it's still not changed now. Nope. That's pretty wild. I know. It's quite like an actual connection to history. Mhm. That's pretty. That's cool. why some people find it very, like, have a very big attachment to the Quran, mm. because it's like those are the words that have been around for so many centuries. Like centuries. I don't know. It was like I don't know time periods. <laughs> Millennia, I think, is the correct term. Is it? I don't know. Because um, it's like, oh, those are the words that this person has said, like, someone who's, like, very big in Islam must have said, so it's kind of, like, just, like, a personal thing, I guess. Well, it's not only that, it's all of your ancestors. Yeah. Their, their, their mothers, their mothers, their mothers, their fathers, their fathers, their fathers have all read those same words. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, everything that I believe is relatively quite new. <laughs> so I, I have nothing like that. That's quite, that's quite, that's quite cool to think about. Uh, something I did want to touch upon, actually, while we're around the topic of culture, is um, obviously I've heard a lot, especially from you, about culture versus religion, how the two get very intertwined, and articles like the Daily Mail like to take that for a fucking ride. Oh, they really do, honestly. They leech onto it so much. And it's mm. like if you actually did your research, you'll realize, like, oh god, it's a very, it's a very big topic, really. Uh, well, do not worry, we have time. <laughs> so, culture and religion, such, a, it's awful how much it's mixed in with, especially, South Asian community. Yeah. I I can only say that because obviously I'm personally I'm South Asian, so, um culture i don't really know why it's mixed so much in re with religion but it is mm -hmm. and a lot of oppression actually stems from the culture rather than it does the religion especially when it comes to women okay okay so very very patriarchal and honestly you see you see that in the western society as well back in the 19th century or even before then women were literally just below men Always. Yeah, you can still see certain aspects of it today. It's, get, it's getting better. In, yeah, as much um... as people like to say patriarchy doesn't exist, it really does. Oh, it does exist. Like the remnants <laughs> oh, are still there. 
and it's intense and i don't I mean, know why people just don't accept it i mean all you have to do is look at an example like i had caitlin caitlin allen on here a few few weeks ago whenever i went to speak in form i could just speak my mind say whatever i wanted if caitlin went and said the exact same thing she'd be told too emotional i'd be told to shut up because she's too into politics yeah well women like it's like they paint women as manic mm. so if they're like like passionate about something then they're seen as manic see that's that's that actually comes in with like asian culture as well like women are taught to be quiet don't laugh as much don't smile too much um don't give your opinion uh don't be too loud whereas oh christ i mean i actually I, you can make that link to western society as well oh yeah definitely. because like oh, it's just disgusting really personally personally i think it's disgusting because they try and like keep you down and quiet and there's also it's like gaslighting it really is and then like in our religious like the woman has to be a housewife she has to serve her husband um she shouldn't did you say religion or culture then sorry culture culture not religion. yeah um and she has to serve her husband she just has to have kids she has to get married like that's all women are seen to do in culture however the difference is like with religion women have a very high status they're encouraged mm -hmm. to be educated they're encouraged to work they're encouraged to have their own income yes they're married and yes the husband can provide but that's not saying that oh you can't work because your husband's working it's like the man is supposed to provide that's just like a simple fact but it doesn't mean that women can't do anything and should just sit at home they're supposed to work they're supposed to find their own way in life rather than okay. just being quiet which is what you know culture really teaches oh and a massive 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 thing is forced marriages oh i've heard a little bit about this and of course the daily mail likes to yeah take that one really far so um could you add, add uh, that's advance the, on that yeah that's the very like very big topic between mm -hmm. the clash between culture and religion so forced marriages is literally nothing to do with islam whatsoever arranged marriages and forced marriages are two very different things that people set, tend to mix up i know i used to yeah you had to explain this to me yeah i remember <laughs> <laughs> so forced marriages the girl has no say whatsoever she has to get married it's usually like a business arrangement sometimes oh, yeah exactly it's kind of like selling your daughter That's yeah it's like good. livestock yeah, yeah. And the son is just like forcing them to get married. The girl has no say. And child marriages, oh my god, they are literally not allowed in Islam. But some people seem to like mix the culture and religion. They're like, yeah, well, your religion allows child marriages. Like, no, it doesn't whatsoever. That is also culture. And mm -hmm. honestly, oh, it's just intense, really. Fast marriages is a massive, massive, massive no religious, like religiously. So I don't really. Well, yeah, know. because. Uh, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong again, but you said it's completing half of your dean is getting married? Yeah. So if that's forced, then you're not really doing that? No, you're not. And plus, te technically, technically, it doesn't count for marriage. Yeah. Because if the woman isn't willing, because in Islam, basically, for a marriage to happen, 
both parties have to be agreeing. Yeah. And if one party isn't agreeing, then the we call it a nikah, which is the marriage con- mm-hmm. contract. I want to say it's literally null, it's void. And also the the girl, when it comes to child marriages in Islam, it's forbidden because the girl has to have reached the age of maturity first of all. She can't be a child. She can't make a decision because that yeah. falls into the girl wanting to get married it's her choice i'm sorry but you can't expect like a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old to make that choice can you i've got a question now when's the age of maturity in islam or is that subjective um well it's when you had your period for women excuse me well see this is also subjective like when you like when you reach puberty for girls, they can be seen as they've reached the age of maturity. However, some girls actually get their periods as young as nine or eight. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, so it's that that's when mm. Exactly. That's what I mean. So that's why it's like, um also that's that's what I mean by it's subjective. You know how I don't know if you remember we talk about four schools of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's also when it comes into that when the rules are interpreted. For example, with mine, with my school of thought, this scholar said that for the age of maturity, it should be 18. Okay, okay. Big respect. Which, you know, makes sense, don't you think? Because, you know, mm-hmm. technically you're an adult, legally as well. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it just makes more sense for a girl to be mature at the age of 18 rather than nine if you know what i mean so yeah i'm not gonna lie to you at nine years old (laughs) i don't think that's really the maneuver exactly that's why people mix it up a lot and they don't actually get a clear-cut response okay okay but basically it's seen as wrong child marriages are seen as wrong even if the girls like had a period if she's like nine, she, no, it's just wrong. <laughs> That's so grim, yeah. I'm sorry, but it's just like, even like personally, wouldn't you find it weird for your child? Well, I mean, I'm not into kids, so I couldn't really be as subjective as an actual pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's literally so gross. And it's just not allowed. That's just... Because... Because, like... Again, like how I said, it, it can be seen that the girl reaches maturity when she's done her period, like started her period, sorry. Um, the thing with Islam is, it also basically preaches common sense and logic. Mm-hmm. So logically, anything is in the right brain. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not gonna marry you're... Hold on, your microphone started booking out. Uh, try saying something. Um, hi. Hi, okay, yeah, just repeat that last bit that you were saying. Um, I was saying that Islam preaches basically common sense and logic. Yeah. So if a girl <laughs> who's, say, reached the age of maturity, if she's, like, started her period, but if she's, like, 10, if you're in the right mindset and you're not mentally insane, <laughs> you're obviously going to know that they can't be married. Like... As a parent, you're not going to do that. No, of course. So, See, exactly. Sci- like... Science tells us that the prefrontal cortex in the brain hasn't finished developing until you're either 21 or 25. It's one of exactly. those two. 
Exactly. So I'm still a kid, thank you very much. I don't have to pay taxes, government. Stay away from me. Well, men actually <laughs> are very later than women do. Oh yeah, we're slow as fuck. See, you know, this also comes into the idea of you know the whole like a sixteen-year-old um, dating like someone who's older. Like it's always yeah. wrong because the ages between sixteen and like say nineteen, you mature so much, like mentally, well, yeah, you can, emotionally, everything. You can... Exactly. If you consider me at 16, then oh you consider God. me now. Like, see, I think about that myself as well. Like, if I look at myself at 16 and then now, I'm like, wow, I was immature. Like, I was a child. You were. <laughs> <laughs> so childish. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's true. Well, we all were. But you know when you're it's 16, true. you think you're like an adult. You think you know stuff, but you don't. You really don't. No, I, I realise that I know jack shit. Hence this podcast. I want to learn about this stuff, so thank you so much for coming on and enlightening me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is surprising, because 16-year-old Sam thought he knew everything. 16-year-old th- Sam thought he was fucking Albert Einstein. <laughs> now I've realised, um... I know maybe not even a drop in what there is to know. Yeah. To be honest, you can never know enough... You should always no, of course be like not. learning and finding knowledge. That's why anyone who listens to this, I'm so glad that they've chosen to listen to this because um, all it is really is a pursuit to understand those around us. That's that's what I I wanted to do is um, help because I know I struggle to find resources that I can trust that are verified and everything. So I thought, what's better than to hear it from the proverbial horse's mouth and then do my own research after? That's true. So I have to thank all you guys for coming on. Mwaz, thank you very much for coming on. You started this conversation. You've opened up the doors. And now we can have it. Oh, honestly, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting idea. Even as like a human. Forget religion. Like, just think about it as like a human being. It's just gross. Oh, actually, actually. um, That's something I wanted to bring up. Because you mentioned that um, men mature slower than women. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I had a little burp there. Uh I actually saw a post the other day that said the the fact that men mature slower than women is never used as a reason to follow women as leaders. It's always used as a reason to excuse men for behaviours they should have grown out of. Yeah. And I thought that was that was quite interesting, to be honest, because you never see um oh, uh Darren's Darren's not matured, so you should you should you should let him get away with that. He's just trying to get a rise out of you, uh, Mildred. Then like. It's never like, oh, Darren, look up to Mildred. She's more mature than you. You should follow her example. And, like, there's always, like, that thing where even in, like, schools or somewhere, like, the mature girls, like, always, like, sat next to the, like, immature boy. And it's like, oh, maybe he'll learn from you. And, like, (laughs) and it's like, why? Women are a lot mature. And that's just facts. But it doesn't excuse the fact that Men are just dumb. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but patriarchy. No, no, I stand by that. Patriarchy has genuinely, like, given men an excuse for anything. Genuinely has. As as a dude, I will open this. I on my solo episode, I was talking about this. Like, fucking hell! I didn't realize till I started this podcast. I started having these conversations. How much I can get away with that you just can't exactly as a white well kind of white cis male 
I can do so much shit. That that whole tirade I went on on my solo episode was an example of white male privilege. If a woman had done the exact same thing, she would have been labelled as emotional. If Kamala Harris in that VP debate had gone shut up, man, to Pence, can you imagine the uproar? Fox News was already slamming her. They were like saying she was clearly not ready for this. Her eyebrows were her facial expression. Oh my dude, yeah. Like even in like workplaces and stuff like. It adds up, you know, being a woman, mm. first of all. Like, I'll give myself a perfect example. I'm a woman, first of all. Then I'm brown. And then I'm also Muslim, mm. and which is obvious because I wear a scarf. So, like, those three things combined automatically I'm put at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty put, put at the bottom of the barrel already. And then you've got people like my sister, who's trans. She's brown as well. She's trans. She's brown. She's gay. <laughs> exactly. I think she's... Like, I think she... She's oh. she's caught even more labels than you have now. <laughs> it's not a label war. <laughs> I mean, if you it's talk to her, she disagrees. Exactly. So, like your sister, she'll be disadvantaged because of that, and yeah, it's all because of men. It goes to show, doesn't it, that when uh, she identified as a male, she never had half the issues. She's identified like she's been openly out as being trans for less than a year, and already. She's having all these issues and troubles. Like, if you needed more evidence than that, speak from <laughs> speak to the person who's been on both fucking sides. <laughs> oh my god, it's, oh, it's crazy. And again, I will come to the point: it's all because of men, yep. all because of patriarchal laws. And as much as like you know, the whole men are trash thing. Yeah, I'll which give is... the example of Twitter because mm-hmm. obviously Twitter is insane. Like so many like girls they're like men are trash blah 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 and the men oh my god they get so hurt like they're so sensitive and they're like oh well i thought we were progressing as a society why are you saying men are all tr- like all men are trash why are you labeling all men like this and generalizing like first of all calm down pipe down i have to admit i was one of those men till recently and i was like oh like deal with it so wait a minute yeah Wait a minute. As if I wasn't then going and making jokes about women, like, 20 minutes later. Exactly. Or, like, the the whole dishwasher thing. And it's like, women have, like, dealt with men for so long, and the the issues surrounding it, and, like, the little tiny discriminations and comments. And all of a sudden, when women decide to make, like, an overall overarching statement on men are trash, and, like, every girl saying it, then, like, it's a big problem and what's, like, what's yeah and then all of a sudden they want to progress and like oh it's funny <laughs> like okay so now you want to progress because we're calling you trash like it is just doesn't make sense really if you want like a, a pretty shocking example is um go look at chat shows from only like eight years ago like you know when, when borat came out the, the first borat movie with sasha baron cohen yeah well the, he went on the jonathan ross show in character and uh, I think the Spice Girls were on there or something. And Jonathan Ross, the amount of sexist, lewd, misogynistic comments he made to those women on the chat show that was seen as completely fine, it made me sick. It's honestly disgusting. And if a woman was to do that, she'd be seen as, seen as like, um, overly sexual, harass. Like, on what, oh, I can't remember what it was, but something on Twitter the other day. And it was a woman, I think she touched a guy on the shoulder or something. And you know how everyone wants to think that, like, all 
woke and like up to date and they're like that's harassment why is she doing that that's harassment which you know it is but mm. the thing is if a man was to do that it does it's not given that much attention if you get what i mean mm. so if a woman does it it's always always like a bad thing but for a man to do it it's like oh that's just what boys do that's just what men do yeah and honestly this all goes back to like culture as well like yep. in my culture like pakistani culture and uh, to be honest in most asian cultures um women are obviously seen as bottom and like men at the top like uh they want sons and if they have a if they have a daughter then it's like oh well what's the point of her and actually fun fact well not a very fun fact before our before in the arab world female infanticide was a huge issue like, like in china recently oh god china and india i think it's india no no sorry wait actually yeah china and india kill more baby girls than are born in the u.s excuse me what exactly that's pretty wild exactly not in a good way but that's pretty wild to think about number one exactly it's actually it's disgusting because it's like you're female you're like trash but the thing is is i i watched a video and it was a woman Mm -hmm. and like how can you as a woman like a grown woman who's who is herself a woman um kill a child because it's female like that's the only reason they give and they're just like very alive but they'll kill it and it's like so that's how deep-rooted the patriarchy goes literally it's honestly it's so disgusting and then people it's always culture that that's always culture where women are oppressed if they're born then they're oppressed and they just have to get married get rid of them and then of course like the difference is with religion women have a very very high status in islam and to the point where it's the heaven lies at your mother's feet which basically means without your mother's permission, you can't really get into paradise. Yeah. And what is your mom? She's a female. So. Yeah. And actually, oh, I can't remember the name, but it, the, there's very strong female figures in Islam, like warriors and building universities. I think they built the first university. It was a woman. I can't remember. Oh, really? That. Yeah, and it had the biggest library, I think. I think. But a woman built that. And there's so many highly regarded female scholars in Islam. So to think that people outside of the religion, like the media portrays it as, oh, women in Islam are always oppressed. Like me as like being brown and like, a hijabi people always think i'm very quiet i don't have opinions mm. but obviously like you know me i do I have very <laughs> it's hard to get you to shut up sometimes exactly <laughs> i'm very talkative and i'm very loud mm. and i'm very confident in what i say so when i speak people are always shocked yeah like, oh well i mean personally i'm just shocked you speak english <laughs> <laughs> people oh oh my god let me tell you about something that happened okay go ahead go ahead go ahead um which will remain unnamed the names will remain unnamed mm-hmm. um so just sat you know in costa drinking coffee with my friends and one of my white friends well ex-white friends shall i say 
Uh, Wait, X white, they changed their race. No, oh, sorry, white. White X white. Continue. Uh, so you know, we're just drinking coffee and we're just talking, and then we come onto the topic of accents. Now I'm born and bred in Watchdale, and this girl, she says to me, um, "You don't really sound like you're from around here, like." <laughs> I get that you're born and bred in, like, Rochdale, but you have that, like, Asian accent. <laughs> and I was like, what? She was one of those, I'm I'm not racist, but I'm racist. And I was just sat there in shock, and I was like... Like, like the meme, I'm not racist, Asian? but Asian people? <laughs> no, but what does she mean by Asian accent? And I was like, is it because I'm brown that you automatically think my accent has a, another accent on top of it? Uh, to <laughs> me, personally, it's because you actually enunciate your words. What do you mean? Like, because obviously my mum raised me and she doesn't speak with the accent of Rochdale. I, I sometimes go into that, but when I'm using my phone voice, for example, I tend to enunciate my words better. I actually pronounce certain letters because I was raised oh. by someone who had to learn to pronounce those letters. Like when you yeah. speak, for example, you speak more clearly than most of the people who live down the street from me. <laughs> Honestly, oh, it's probably because my mum's an English teacher and she makes her like speak proper enunciate English. Things. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, don't speak in slang and like oh you did the wipe don't you did the rochdale don't <laughs> oh, i could talk like i'm from rochdale because they don't pronounce the h's so it's like you're horrible you and it's so <laughs> <laughs> i can't talk like i'm from rochdale i don't want to i was not prepared for that <laughs> i can do honestly Think about our high school and all the people that spoke like that is awful. I like was every not two seconds down the corridor you're hearing, Oh you're horrible, you I hate you. It's like, <laughs> darling, please speak properly. It, it my mum honestly, she gets a lot of grief because of the fact that she struggles to pronounce his um certain is it consonants, I think. I think no, vowels, vowels, vowels is the one. She struggles to pronounce certain vowels in words because it's different in uh in spanish yeah so she gets made fun of quite a bit but then she goes to speak and then the person making fun of her speaks like what you just <laughs> gave an example of like, oi you fucking little wank stain who do you think you are like missing like nine teeth can't pronounce the language like fucking words <laughs> properly literally but no it's makes always me laugh the, it's always the ones with the horrible horrible accents that have the audacity <laughs> as someone else who's you know learning the language and actually speaking it proper just because they have a slight accent to them what's wild is that person can speak double the amount of languages you can and you're making fun of them literally honestly i could not imagine only speaking one language like that just seems so N neither boring. could i and granted i don't speak spanish fluently but only knowing one language to me seems quite restrictive the gentlemen, if you only speak one language, get out there and learn another one. You're missing out. It's fun. I mean, there's always a problem with being bilingual, though, because, like, for me, sometimes I'll speak half in, like, my own my own language and then half in English. Or sometimes... I, I mix up my accents. I have two different accents when I speak different yeah, languages. Same. Yeah. Like, you know that stereotypical, like, Asian accent? I, I yeah. Put yeah. That on, I put that on when I'm speaking my own language. I don't The Asian anti-accent, yeah. as, as it's formerly known. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I sound when I'm speaking my own language. But obviously, right, can can you give us an example? Give us an example. Oh no, no. I'm go on, go on. I'll do mine if you do yours. No, no. Okay, well I'm doing mine anyway because oh, now yeah. you've got me in the mood. So when I'm speaking English, obviously I sound like this. Whereas cuando hablo español, yo tengo un 
Fuck, I forgot my Spanish. No, I'm not bilingual anymore. All I, all I remember from GCSE Spanish is por favor. That's it. Por favor. Yeah, I, I roll my R's. Por favor, yeah. yeah. Well, that's because you use, like, your Spanish speaking, so... Wait, it's because that's what my mum, she used to fucking train me in that shit. Because I was tongue-tied. Yeah, I was tongue-tied. So, like, my grandmother, she came to live with us when I, when I was younger. And at age five, I could speak both languages fluently. And now, because obviously my mum doesn't speak much Spanish, um, it's kind of left me. It's abandoned me. <laughs> but I still have that, that, that rolling R because I was tongue-tied and I had to practice it so I could actually not sound like a white boy when I we went over. I saw foreign parents do that because like, my dad, he'd always like press on us to know the language and not speak English at home. Yeah. Like, speaking your own language, speaking your own language so you don't forget your mother tongue. Exactly. But then like, oh, gradually over the few years, it's like... Honestly, mm, then it kind of dies. Yeah. Honestly, my dad pretends like he can't speak English, but he really can. Like, <laughs> he... well, it's about preserving your own language as well. Because, like, my mum, she married, she married a fucking Czech guy, so now they both speak English because their tongues are different. <laughs> Honestly. So now, yeah, wild. <laughs> Life of a bilingual person, pretty wild. <laughs> Sometimes I forget the English word to someone, and I only know the like the Punjabi word for it. Mm, but then I've done that before. If I'm speaking to a white person, I can't. Yeah, Jake, who was on the podcast in the first episode, I just call him like coño. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. I don't know the fucking English word for it, but Jake is always coño to me. That's all he is. He's coño is puta. That's it. <laughs> Probably. I mean, Jake is. So that that. <laughs> But anyway, to bring it back to our original discussion, because <laughs> we're both wafflers here. Um, you mentioned like before we got into the topic of languages about how the media and like movies and stuff they tend to portray women as oppressed, and they never talk about like, you know, actually being content with being religious. So, let me let me open this discussion by talking about elite Spanish program actually. Um, Represent. <laughs> and it's on Netflix. I think majority of people watched it. I was watching it and I cringed so, 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 so much. Firstly, the disgusting representation of her family as being oppressed and like religiously oppressing her. And then her wanting to just like do drugs and drink and party and like. And then she obviously, you know, falls for a white boy and then she takes the scarf off for a white boy. And it's like me as a Muslim girl who's also grown up in a Western society. Like, I've never had that. Like, I've never wanted to, like, I've never felt the need to drink, party, do drugs. Fall You're not for missing a out on too much. Or take, <laughs> like, or take my scarf off for anyone. And it's like, it's such a... I feel like, I'm going to say gross, it is a gross representation personally, and it's just so disrespectful because they just, it just feeds the, feeds people who are not Muslim and just see it like, oh yeah, the religion is oppressing them. Like, why can't yeah, they cause be like, wh Whilst those stories do happen, the overwhelming majority of people who follow that creed and that religion, they, they're not, they don't feel the need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, everyone has desires and stuff, but... Yeah. It's just so exaggerated in like so mm. many like films and stuff, and it's like, when are we gonna get actual representation? Probably never. Well, I mean, 
how does it make you feel having grown up did you ever have any like identity problems like you felt like you didn't fit in because everyone on tv who looked like you was off drinking and rejecting their faith um well to be honest growing up i never really watched that many shows like that all right okay okay i watched anime didn't i so oh yes <laughs> watching anime and but seeing it, it is a bit identity problems oh there's massive identity problems like i've been wearing like my scarf for like 11 years now maybe mm-hmm. and i still struggle like i've never been comfortable with wearing it and that's just yeah. like me personally because i've always felt like oh like there's some girls don't wear it i'm like oh i just want to be like like i've always hung out with white people in high school <laughs> like i was always friends with white people i don't know why yeah I just like stayed away from the Asians <laughs> for like various reasons, but I won't get into that. Um, it's just like I've always been surrounded by white people, like always. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like also being like a hijabi and brown, so it was a bit awkward for me at times because like, oh, you know, like no one ever treated me like, like no one ever discriminated me really. Oh wait, mm-hmm. well actually. I don't. I can't give names, but there was obviously one group that 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 did happen. <laughs> the race, the racist jokes, like, oh my god, racist banter culture is so disgusting. It's so huge in the UK. Like people think just because you're friends with a person of color that they can make those jokes. Like, like I didn't like, do much to help fight against that because I was I made them as well, but I didn't used to make them until someone started making them to me. It's. I just think, like, you're not a person of colour, you're not Muslim, so don't make terrorist jokes, don't make racist jokes, because it's just not funny. Mm. And then they'll be like, oh, it's just a joke, why are you getting so pressed? Like, um, maybe because you're being rude? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the word packy as well. Oh, oh I, don't think, mm. I don't I I tend to stay away from using that word, because, like, with my mum, she, like, always like told us not to say that word and i don't like anyone saying it even if you're pakistani well yeah it's um it's a slur. I, I understand that racial yeah. slur because of what happened in the 50s and paki bashing can you and, do a bit more explaining of that for our listeners well in the 40s and 50s when um many south asians came to work in the uk majority mm-hmm. were forced to work labor here to yeah. rebuild the country and the economy but as you know the tories will admit that foreign people actually <laughs> helped build the economy but anyway and so obviously you had very very racist people and so it came about paki bashing even if to be honest it wasn't just towards pakistanis it was anyone who was brown so indians and Bengalis as well mm. they'd be called a paki and they'd literally get beaten up so badly Fuck. um like when my granddad came here he witnessed it and he experienced it as well and like, just like randomly people will just like call you a packy in the street or they like throw some at you and call you a packy until you go back to go back to your own country and honestly it still happens to this day really like being called a packy i mean i was walking to college once and i had my scarf pulled off and got called a dirty packy so Fuck. yeah i know it was a very intense day i think because i ran into spec savers like trying not cry but i was like pretending to try and glasses but i was just trying to sort my scarf out 
Yeah. yeah. Also trying not to cry. It was so scary. I think he was drunk. I don't know. And he was like, "Good day." I'm, I'm sorry you went through that. Well, it happens. And to be honest, <laughs> well, it's not as worse as what people have experienced. No, but like, still, it shouldn't happen anyway. I think you mentioned in your last podcast about um, the acid attacks. Yeah. Honestly, that was after the Manchester bombing happened. So, yeah. And that was oh, and the Punisher Muslim Day letter that went round. That Can't fucking. That. Can't forget that. Their point system. Yep. Like how quick people are to forget about that kind of stuff, but that that was actually a thing posted around. Punisher and, Muslim Day. And it was Islamophobia, and people still think that Islamophobia doesn't exist and it doesn't happen. But you know, some people actually think the UK is the safest place. <laughs> For, like, Muslims and, like, people of colour. It really nah, is. Dude. We face so much discrimination. And I have to say, South Asians face a lot of discrimination and it's not talked about, like, at all. Because people don't think it's as obvious. Mm-hmm. But it really does happen. Especially Asian women in workplaces. Oh, Christ, I can imagine. Like, there's this stereotype. I'll give an example of my auntie. There's a stereotype that Asian women just like pop out babies every two seconds right mm-hmm. and obviously you know when you're working on maternity leave first of all yeah. a woman if the employer's male he's gonna be like well she's gonna go into maternity leave that's gonna cost money blah blah blah, blah. and yeah my auntie is a teacher and she was never promoted for that reason fuck see i i don't agree with the that prejudice at all and from a, from a business standpoint I can almost see it. I, I don't like it, but I can almost see the logic behind it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I see the logic behind it as well. But again, it's a very generalized yeah. thing because, first of all, not all women want to get pregnant and have children. Not all no, my aunt's, my aunt's 40 and still doesn't, doesn't want kids. Exactly. So you're just, so it's like kind of just using this generalized thing to discriminate all. Women in general, yeah. like, forget being Asian, like, just women in general, that's such a big mm-hmm. issue. And again, how, how, how from a business issue. standpoint, though, like, can, can I ask you, how from a business standpoint would you remedy that? What do you mean? Like, because obviously, if, if you're considering that your, let's say your best employee is, is a woman, and then you've got someone who isn't, isn't as good, but is a guy, and then the woman is going to go off, how would you remedy, like, what, what kind of rule r- routes can businesses take where they because granted a lot of the discrimination is routed in patriarchal thought but how could a business get out of that from a non-patriarchal point of view by just carrying on you can't really discriminate against a woman for that say even if she is going to leave that's like it's like the idea that if a woman's getting pregnant and stuff like like business okay i understand you maybe you're losing money but you're not really losing that much money let's be honest true unless unless of course it's like your main closer but in that case you have an intimate relationship with someone who's that good that you wouldn't discriminate against them anyway unless you're an arsehole so yeah no i agree with you because like they could be a very skilled person have all the requirements but if you're like oh she's a woman she's probably gonna get pregnant i'm gonna say no like well i don't see the logic behind that personally because it's like Literally. No, I'm not. <sighs> Thinking about it, then I don't understand it now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have to I have to do these checks on myself because I, I have quite a lot of internalized misogyny that I want to get rid of. So, 
like I can see why they'd say that, but it's mm. also not a reason, good enough reason, should I say? Especially not in this day and age with the Skype calls, the Zoom calls, they can send off emails and stuff. It's like yeah. it's like saying women are basically incapable. Yeah. My mum went to university while she had me and she came out with a I think it was a two one. She fucking aced it. Exactly. <laughs> My mum had four kids when she was doing university. Look after in the house and everything because my dad was always working 24 7 still got mm. her degree she's an english teacher now and it's like women that's some this. queen behavior that's some queen behavior and right you there you know why the reason my mom did that it was because her brothers were like oh uh you're a girl you won't be able to handle the pressure and blah 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 of like uni because it was like oh only men can do that sort of stuff <laughs> so it's like it's just it's just the men are the problem Right, I'll be completely honest with you, right? I do not think men are half as strong as women are. This is completely honestly because you guys have to put up with more shit on the daily than I have to put up with in a month. Not only that, but then you've got societal expectations. You've got the actual... Depending on your your actual uh, body, you have your periods that you have to deal with. Um, it, it like there's a, there's a saying going around that if guys had periods, the world would come to an end. And I honestly believe that. If I stub my toe, that's me in a bad mood for a week. And <laughs> men have a weaker immune system as well. And when they're ill, it's like the end of the world. It's like... <laughs> yeah, we, we get to the sniffles and that's it. I can attest to that. Like, women... Are, it's, it's, such a, it's like very weird and ironic, I'd say, and contradictory how women are like taught that they're below men, yet they're also taught that to be strong. Like, like, you're a woman, you have to deal with this. Or you have to do this. Or you're going to have kids. Or, like, if you're married and a woman has to work twice as hard as a man. Say if you look at, like, STEM fields. A woman would have oh, yeah. to work, like, a hundred times harder than a man just to get the job. Because mm-hmm. it's a woman. She can't be capable of that. Even though, oh, yeah. even though the first programmer was a woman. But, you know. Uh, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, oh god, I forgot her name. Something Byron. <laughs> you failed feminist. <laughs> oh, I know. I want to say Mary, but I don't think she's called Mary. I'll look it up and I'll write it on the board. First programmer. I've actually got a lot of things to look up for this one, so this is quite good. First programmer? Ada Lovelace, sorry. That's Ada Lovelace. Oh, never yeah. mind. You googled it before me. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. So... No, but I think I think that's everything we wanted to address. Moaz, um thank you very much for opening the conversation. That that was that was good. Now we've had this conversation now and hopefully unless there's anything else you'd like to add before we, 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 we finish. Um no, I feel like we've gone off on one, to be honest. It was quite good though. We we I think we covered everything we needed to. Yeah, I think so. Well, thank you very much, Hamna, for joining me. Do you have anything you want to plug in this little segment here? Um, not really. Thanks. <laughs> Do you have a depop or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, ladies and gentlemen, me. if of course <laughs> it was more of me dragging you onto this, so I appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, that's all good. Hope if you guys have anything else you want to say, please keep the feedback coming because it allows me to have follow-up podcasts like this where we get to the bottom of these issues and we talk about them. So thank you so much. Uh, 
yeah, we're done. You you, you can you can all fuck off now. Hi guys, it's uh it's that time again, outro time. I'd like to start by saying that I got pretty heated in uh this episode, and I don't think that men are pieces of shit. I think that I'll, uh, quite a few men are complete cunts. Creepy ones who harass and everything else. But I don't think all men. And that's pretty evident if you know me or if you know my views on pretty much anything. I think I make that clear enough. But I thought I'd get that out there. Uh, but I also want to fact check. Because I said I'd do it. So I've done a little bit of research on the things that were said in this video. Hold on, let me take my coat off. Because we're very professional here. Uh, the the third uh, sect of Islam is called the Karaj, Karaj. Again, apologize my pronunciation. Uh, so there's Sunni, there's Shia, and there's Karaj. Uh, the first university, as Hamna claimed, was created by a woman. Uh, this is where I fuck up her name. I'm gonna take a few tries at this. So, it was founded by Fatima bint Muhammad. Al Firia Al Qurashia in eighteen ninety-five CE in Fez, which is now Morocco. Uh, it started as a large mosque at first and then later to a place of education and she bought it with the wealth that she inherited from her father, I think. So there you go. Women starting it. Uh if you want to go for the first university that the West would class as a university, then it was in ten eighty in Bologna, Italy. But if you want to go for university as a big place of education, then yeah, it was Fatima in 1895 CE. Now, Hamna also made the claim that uh, women have stronger immune systems than men. And according to some research out of Belgium, that's actually true, by Dr. Claude Lieber from the Get, Get University in Belgium, where he did some research with his team, which concluded that microRNAs encoded in the X chromosome because women have two of them, and men don't. Uh, actually, microRNAs improve your immune system and your uh, resistance to cancer. So we're pretty much, we're, we're made to be expendable, guys. <laughs> if you imagine ants or bees, right? The worker ones, the men, they're pretty much there as just muscle. <laughs> I think we narrowly escape being part of a hive mind. Um, moving on. Uh, the first programmer was Ada Lovelace, like Hamner said, a mathematician who created an algorithm for the first, I don't know if it's the first, but for a computing machine which existed solely on paper in the 1840s. That's pretty wild. But yeah, I think that's all the fact-checking I have today. If I missed anything, do let me know, and do not hesitate to contact me on Instagram or Twitter, because my Twitter is barren, at uh, Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. I love the feedback. And please give me a share because the more people that we hear, the more people start talking to each other about these issues, the sooner we can resolve them. Thank you so much, guys.